and welcome to our podcast series on how to drive multi-channel success. I'm David Warby, one of the founders of Prospero Commerce, a business that works with many brands around the world on all things digital. In this series, we're looking to explore a range of issues which you and your business are faced with every day. Three of us from Prospero and the multi-channel expert have pooled our expertise and experience of working with many brands over the last 20 years to come up with a set of practical suggestions and ideas that will help you deliver greater success in your e-commerce businesses. We really hope you find the discussion useful and we look forward to your feedback. In today's episode, we're going to explore the subject of customer experience, otherwise known as CX. And I'm delighted to be joined by both Mark Pinkerton from Prospero. Welcome, Mark. Hello. And David Conn from the Multi-Channel Expert. Welcome, David. Hello. So maybe the best place to start is to just get some definitions of what we believe CX is all about. Mark, I'm going to come to you first. What's your view of customer experience in terms of its definition? There are lots of potential definitions of, of customer experience, but one that I feel comf- most comfortable with, I think, is really that customer experience encapsulates everything that a business does that puts customers first or manages their journeys or serves the needs of those customers. So it's the holistic end-to-end view of the customer's interactions with an organisation. And David, come to you now. I know we were talking before about how potentially customer experience is a lens through which businesses can look at how they are engaging with customers. What's your perception of the the definition? I think a lens is a very good way of looking at customer experience. There are a whole load of functions within any business. They all have their own objectives, their objective maybe to run efficiently, maybe to save cost, maybe to drive sales. But looking at it from the perspective of the customer and the customer experience is a great way of saying, is what I'm doing contributing to the experience that the customer has with my business? In some cases, you may choose to trade off customer experience against a massive cost saving, but in every case, every decision you make within business should be looked at with the lens of, will this impact on the customer experience? In a minute, we'll come to the kind of measures that we would recommend people adopt when trying to track your performance of customer experience. And we'll also talk a little bit about the difference between UX and CX, which I know for some people is a definition worth just recounting. But before we do that, Mark, what are the key components that constitute the customer experience when you're thinking about digital? So customer experience encompasses everything. So saying what are the components of customer experience is quite hard from my point of view because I tend to think of it holistically. It covers the end-to-end aspects of how a consumer engages, touches, thinks of the brand or the organisation in terms of their dealings with the organisation. So typically it's going to cover everything from the flow of how uh, a customer is dealt with across their entire experience. And that's why you have to look at this holistically, because it is entirely possible that the customer is engaging with the organisation across multiple systems, across multiple parts of the organisation, all of which need to work in synchronisation with another to give the best possible customer experience. So if 
in our definition for the purpose of this podcast, the customer experience is that end-to-end, everything kind of experience. I know that one of the subjects that will be on people's minds is user experience or UX. So let's just briefly explore what the difference is between UX and CX. David? Well, put simply, UX is one component of the whole customer experience. It's a very important component, but it's really, UX is really dealing with the during the purchase process. It's typically focusing on the transaction itself, but it's typically not looking at the things we believe strongly you've got to be looking at, which are things like the delivery process, the communication through that, things like the post-sales process, or the way in which you deal with complaints. They're part of wider customer experience, user experience, critical component, but is just a component. Yeah, so I think I'd, I'd add to that that UX is the interaction that a consumer or a customer has with a device or a system. So it's more to do with how easy is that system to use, uh, either for the customer or even for the employee because they're providing the service to the customer. Okay, but that makes sense. I think let's get back to customer experience, which is the subject here. And and, as we've said, user experience is part of that. But let's go right to the principal question once we've defined it. Why is customer experience important? What are the things that you would expect to be able to see change in your organization if you adopt a a customer experience perspective on how you go about doing what you're doing? David? Most strong brands, most strong retailers rely on a relationship with their customers. You're not looking just to sell them one thing once and then never again. You're looking to sell them things over time and you're looking to create that level of engagement with them. That is what drives long-term success for most brands and retailers. And really the only way in which you drive long-term success is by delivering customer satisfaction. That is gonna be predominantly by thinking about the customer experience. So if we're trying to improve customer satisfaction as a route to improving our CX score or our CX measures, presumably there are some things that can improve customer satisfaction levels, but can also decrease traditional sales and profit performance. So would we see those changes as being part of a CX program? Mark? Yes, I would see changes that are made to the customer experience very much through a number of different lenses. But one of them could be that changes are made to enhance revenue, to enhance profits, that has a negative impact on customer experience. The rationale for that will very much depend on the nature of the organisation. Is it a price-led organisation or is it a customer experience-led organisation? And inevitably, there are going to be trade-offs in that situation so you know you may put a new uh, customer service call center in a different country which potentially could save quite a lot of money but actually it may upset your customers to a point where you actually don't get as much long-term revenue or repeat purchases from that customer you're never going to be able to have a direct correlation between the two those two things uh, in terms of data but it may well 
impact your overall level of customer satisfaction that you might have with the organization. And then ultimately that will affect the customer experience and the reputation for, for the organization. And if you make too many of those sorts of changes at any one time that negatively affect the customer experience, then that will actually uh, damage your overall brand and organizational reputation. So that's, that's good, because on the, on the basis that most organizations and brands are trying to improve their reputation with their customers, and they're trying to therefore increase the satisfaction levels their customers have, it would seem as though a program of CX-related changes is much more productive than a series of enhancements and changes that are, if you like, unrelated to customer experience and more related to saving money or growing sales. Would that be right? I, I think it will depend on the on the market situation that, that you're in. I mean, arguably now with you know recession looming, going down the cost saving route may be a necessity to the organization, even if it negatively affects customer experience. However, the overall level of satisfaction and reputation with the organization is still going to be driven by that customer experience, unless it is a price-led organization. Okay. I'd like to flip over a bit to a conversation we were having off air a few moments ago about customer journeys, David, and come to you. I'm sure there are lots of people listening to this podcast who have got customer journeys in place, but equally maybe some who don't. What would our advice be to those that don't have customer journeys in terms of the value they might get from adopting them? I'd say there's two principal areas of value, one of which is cultural and one of which is, if you like, technical. The first thing which is cultural is to always try and put yourself in the shoes of the customer. Very easy when you work within an organisation to see things from your own perspective. If you're working in the furniture sector as I did, very easy for you to think that everybody's as interested in furniture as you are. But if you put yourself in the eyes of the customer, you'll see that they're pretty confused. They're looking for information. They're looking for recommendation. They're looking for reassurance. So first thing is cultural. Put yourself in the shoes of the customer. The second thing is technical, which is to try and map out your customer's journey from start to finish. And that from the moment they first encounter your brand, whether that's on a Google ad or whether it's uh, on social media, from the moment they first encounter the brand, to the whole process of making the purchase, to the transaction, to the delivery, and to the customer service they receive once they've received the product. If you can map that customer journey out, you can start seeing the things that are going well, you can start seeing the things that are going badly, and you can start seeing the things you're not doing at all, but you really should be doing. Really important to start building a real sense of how the customer actually engages with and shops with your brand. Mark, I know you're a big fan also of that customer journey mapping and the value that can be derived from that mapping. But I know you're also quite keen on this customer segment and customer persona concept. Do you just want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, so typically organisations will have customer segments often done in terms of their spend levels, but it tends to be quite hard to map against a customer journey. Whereas if you're looking at customers through their persona in terms of the way they like to interact, do they search, do they follow navigation systems? The, the key thing for me is that the customer persona have an emotional element to it. 
in the way that they want to interact with the organisation and potentially they will get frustrated if the organisation does not support the way that they want to want to interact. So forcing customers to go down one particular route to achieve their task can be quite negative for your overall customer experience. But typically, you won't find one customer who will do the entire customer journey end to end, because naturally any business, organisation, retailer has to create that customer journey that accommodates all customers across all segments and all personas. And that can take time to do and is at its maximum quite a substantial piece of work. But it is very worthwhile Mm. because it then gives you the opportunity to manage that customer experience. And that's the key thing. And then you may find within that you will have, pick a number, seven different customer personas who are trying to achieve those the tasks that, that you are creating around that. You've got somebody who is looking to get a refund. You've got somebody who is trying to find the latest, greatest piece of kit that you're, you're selling or service that you're selling. And by mapping the way that they want to interact across the entire customer journey map, across these multiple um, personas or segments, you end up having a pretty good holistic view. I mean, it reminds me of a, of a client we worked with uh, in Europe earlier this year for whom the very creation of customer journeys was, revela- was a revelation in itself. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm sure there is just some value in reminding people what they've put their customers through. And it becomes very obvious, it's very transparent, that some of that doesn't necessarily need to be the way it is. But before we come to that, I'm just going to ask David about how we would expect businesses to prioritise those changes that come from an understanding of the journey and where the blockages potentially in that journey are. David, how, how would you recommend uh, those that programme of changes prioritised? Prioritisation is difficult. Uh, you look at your customer journey and you will find multiple things that you think need to be improved. And the question of which you start with, which you focus on, is a complex one. At one level, you're looking for things that are relatively easy to do and quick to do. For me, it's really important to gather momentum in something like this and to make change. However, there may be some larger things where you can identify something that's badly wrong or that's badly missing and where you know it would have a significant impact where you know you've got to focus on that as well. There's no good fixing something that only affects two out of every thousand customers. You've got to try and identify whether the issue that you're focusing on, whether it's a conversion issue, whether it's a transaction issue, whether it's in the basket, whether it's on the product page, you've got to try and identify in quantity terms how many people is this affecting. Presumably there are some scenarios where... um... Uh, businesses will already have a change program in flight. And there may be someone in an organisation notionally responsible for, let's just use an example, the checkout. How should a CX person engage with a, if you like, a performance optimization person who's already active in changing elements of, in this example, the checkout? Presumably you're coming at it from slightly different angles. I'd like to think that someone looking at the checkout is looking at 
everything from a customer perspective as a, as a start. And I think that's where this lens that we talked about is really important. And you have to become more influencer than you are necessarily the person that does things. In every business, and I think we'll come on to talk about this, you need everybody to have some sort of customer perspective, but you may need people to be specific champions of it, whether they are CX professionals, whether it's the customer director, you may need somebody that reminds everybody, whatever they're doing, that what they're doing may impact on, on the customer. Okay. Well, I think we'll come on to the, the, the org design piece in a minute. I'm sure we've all experienced businesses who will say to you, it's everybody's job to manage the customer. And of course, often in those cases, that means no one is looking at it. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's come on to that in a minute. But before we do, I'd just like to um, talk with you a little bit about understanding the impact, um, that, rather the CX impact, um, of other initiatives going on in your organisation. So we're in the real world here with this. We're not in the, in the theory. We're in a world where lots of activity is pointed towards a number of changes, some of which may have a negative impact on the customer experience. Mark? Yeah, I think it's it's really important that all these major internal initiatives that are going to have an impact on the customer are actually looked at through a customer experience lens. And typically, that may not be happening. But if you're doing that, and you have an understanding of your customer journey map, then you can actually start to try and manage the customer experience. You can understand that, okay, I've changed system A, and that means my employees have to do things differently, which are 20 seconds longer, which actually will disrupt how well they answer the phone. Because typically the gaps and the difficulties we find within customer experience are either from where things, parts of the journey, cross over internal silos, i.e. it's handed from one team to another, or that there are actually just gaps between different systems. The, the classic example that, that um, we've discussed off air was the idea of self-checkout supermarkets, where clearly they are more efficient and more cost-effective, but actually there is a segment of customers who absolutely hate them. Groups of customers who will typically not like certain initiative. And understanding how important that group is will drive how you think about that initiative. But somebody has to think about every initiative from a customer experience point of view. So going back to something David said earlier about the role of CX also being an influencer across the organisation, that I think is pretty important because with internal silos between functions, all of whom have their own individual programmes of work, very few people are actually looking at the end-to-end thing, David. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I'd, I'd say there are three typical failings, one of which we've touched on already, which is that people running other functions are not really thinking of the customer. That's where you've got to influence them. You've got to remind them that the customer experience may be impacted by what they're doing. The second thing is where they misunderstand what the customer really wants, and they produce something which they think is desirable, but actually isn't. Uh, I'll give you a little example. Is uh, at my old business, Heels, we looked at trying to shorten the checkout and introduce more prominent buy now, pay later, a quicker buy now, pay later system. 
we actually found that customers were more comfortable going through a slightly lengthier loan application process because they felt we were taking them more seriously. So that was a, an example of where somebody had misunderstood what the customer wanted. And then the final thing is where things are just implemented badly. The CX professional has a role in all three, really, to try and influence whoever's doing it to try and get things right. Yeah, and the, and the other classic example of, of that last one would be where um, you're changing delivery partner and the delivery partner does not have as good a reputation or as good a service as your previous delivery partner. You know, people look at this purely as a cost exercise, but actually how your goods arrive, the fact that they're not left in a bin, the fact that they're delivered to your door, all of those things matter. And they certainly matter from a customer experience point of view. And if you ignore that, you're ignoring potential risk to your business. Mm. Yeah, I remember an example years ago where I managed to unsuccessfully translate a whole English website into Swedish for a Swedish audience who then stopped shopping because they loved the credibility of it being a non-Swedish business. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that lesson a long time ago. Um, okay, so I think in a minute we'll just come on to some of the tools and the measurements and a little bit about that org design piece we talked about. But before we do, um, let's just talk about who's doing it well, maybe some examples, less maybe specific about individual brands, although I'm sure you've got some that we can quote, more about sectors, because I think it, it's more helpful to understand that some sectors are very good at this and others are maybe slightly behind the curve. Mark, what's your perception of customer experience across the gamut? Well, I think there, there are two examples that I, I wanted to bring to this. The first one, which is very broad reach from a, from a big global brand point of view, which is Lego, which I think does things particularly well because it has to cater for everything from a theme park all the way through to you buying a kit or a product on a shelf in John Lewis. And it covers all of those things in a relatively seamless way. And it is completely consistent in terms of the values, but it engages with customers, not just through the theme parks, but it has Lego Masters TV programs now, people building stuff out of Lego, but you've got um, movies that they've created. And really, the idea of fun and building and going beyond just pure children has, I think, massively increased the scope of the brand. So they've done very well as a result of, of that. You can, as, a, as an individual, you can create a suggestion for a kit that Lego should build. And that process is very well understood and it worked. Mm. So I think they have a, a strong sense of, of customer. The other one I want to, from a, more from a transactional point of view, is Camper, the New York and uh, shoe company from Spain. And in terms of dealing with them, they have a completely seamless omni-channel experience. It is the most seamless one that, that I have come across personally whereby they have a very good understanding of stock in store so that you can buy direct and have it delivered or you can buy from a store, you can go in a store and buy it online and obviously you can go in store and buy it in a store. But the information is completely transparent and seamless across all of the different channels and it just works. Okay. David, I think we were talking before about some, some sectors who maybe don't yet have that focus sufficient beamed in on customer experience. Would that be right? Well, look, it's, it's not going to come as any news to anybody listening to this, but 
mobile providers, broadband providers, banks, few of them give the impression that they really care about their customer experience from end to end. They all seem to be relying on bot-based chat apps that send you in relentless loops. They all tend to rely on the fact that there's a very high friction associated with moving from one to the other. There's a real gap in the market for those who will say, we actually do provide service. Same with the airlines. I think what you're seeing now is you saw that mass reduction in service level, almost making it difficult for you. And now I think you're beginning to see them develop their service operation better. So I take EasyJet as an example. I remember being herded onto an EasyJet, racing for the seat, not being able to sit next to my wife. Now, if you travel by EasyJet, it's actually comparable to traveling with British Airways. It's getting close to a premium experience. So you're implying that they have made the changes that matter to customers in terms of being able to seat together and not have an unseemly rush and all of those things, whilst actually not changing the fundamentals that much. Yeah, I think, and again, I don't want to disparage the other providers, but there are other providers in this sector whose services remained extremely basic. I think um, we would also throw into the 101 room um, our dear friends at Waitrose, who've made a complete holics of merging their in-store scanning with uh, mobile app scanning. That seems to be a bit of a nightmare. And, and one of our clients in the US, a big US supermarket chain, has a horrendous fragmentation problem as a result of a part successful project that now requires customers to flip from one site to another site, and the customer journey is horrendous to few. Mark, you met with Reese, I think, didn't you? Yeah, when um, I previously worked with Reese, and they were using a premium delivery provider uh, where you could get you know, same day delivery in London, you could get named time for Saturday's deliveries, and so on. It was just a full gamut of a luxury brand delivery process, including flying stuff next day over to the US. But now as part of the, the merger in with Next, they have a reduced set of delivery options and the partner has, has changed to Next Standard Partner. Right, we're coming to the end of our podcast uh, now for this episode. But just before we wrap up, um, let's just talk a little bit about tools for measurement. You know, we've talked about this being uh, about reputation at the top end. It's about the, the end-to-end experience that customers have. So for the people listening to our podcast, what advice would we give them on thinking about tools, thinking about measuring? What kind of things should they be trying to measure? David. At the simplest level, you must try and find ways of getting your customers to tell you what they think. We're hundreds of KPIs that relate to web performance, page speed, whether it be conversion, whether it be time on site. But actually, many organizations, there are very few measures that say, what does the customer actually think? They are not difficult to implement, whether they be measures that are held after you've completed a transaction, whether they are measures that you take after they've received their delivery, whether it's particularly quantitative or whether it's largely qualitative, but The one thing you must do is you must get the views of your customers from your customer. You need to understand what points of the customer journey are actually important to the customer. Some things matter, some things don't. 
I'm, I'm very much an advocate of tracking customer effort score, um, A, because it has a good uh, correlation with long-term loyalty, but also it allows an organisation to focus on changing the stuff so that the, the flow of the overall journey is better. So just to remind people, customer effort score is literally where you're asking a customer, you know, how, how easy was it for you to complete the tasks that you're trying to complete? And it doesn't matter whether it's searching for something or buying something or filling out a finance form. But by tracking that and actually getting the customer to identify problems allows you to improve the overall customer journey. And very much those things, that was, that's how you'll pick up problems that go cross-platform or cross-teams or, or whatever. Yeah, and I guess we often hear the question, how do I know whether a score of 78 is good or bad? And I think our advice is often that it's not actually what your score is that matters. It's whether over time you can see a positive trend. So if you start measuring four different things by asking your customers what they think and their score is X, it's irrelevant that X is in the lower quartile or the upper quartile of a decile. It's actually about whether it's improving over time. And that's very true when you change something. If you change something significant, always try and measure what impact it's had on the customer's perception. Okay. Right, we're running out of time, so we're going to have to wrap up. But before we do, I'm just going to ask each of our guests here just to give us the one thing, if they haven't mentioned it, that they think they'd like to leave as a, as a lingering thought about the importance of CX. And I'm going to come to David first. So my thing would be try and find something or things in your customer journey which cut through the boredom, but they, they cut through the standard and they create a real impact with your customers and create a real emotional impact. Whether that's a conversation with an associate, whether it's a free gift with the purchase, whether it's the way in which you approach your after-sales service, but try and find something that creates an emotional connection because that's what they will remember. It sounds good. Mark, what's your, what's your lasting thought on this subject? I, I think my lasting thought on this is make sure that one person is responsible for customer experience and make sure that they have enough authority to get involved in multiple initiatives and be sufficiently senior that they can engage with the board and make sure that the board is fully aware on how to maximise customer experience. That's fabulous, but we've run out of time, so we're going to leave it there. Thank you to both Mark and David for their insights today, and thank you too for listening. We hope you'll join us again on the next one.